Welcome back to the Authentically Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Savoie, Certified Life Coach with a Master's Degree in Applied Positive Psychology. Today, I want to talk about subjective well-being. We've talked about well-being, life satisfaction, and being authentically happy, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into subjective well-being and what it means. Subjective well-being is influenced by various external and internal factors, while objective indicators such as income, education, and social status can provide valuable insights into an individual's well-being, subjective well-being offers a very unique perspective by capturing an individual's own perceptions and evaluations of their lives. There are three components of subjective well-being, happiness, life satisfaction, and neuroticism. Happiness refers to your emotional perspective. How do you feel about your world and yourself? While satisfaction with life refers to your more global judgment about how well or not well you perceive your life to be going. So with life satisfaction, you're making a judgment about your life by comparing what it is against what it could have been. So when you think of your life in general, are you satisfied with your outcome? You could feel happy and at the same time not be fully satisfied because maybe you see an alternative outcome that your life could have been and it makes you less satisfied with the outcome that you currently have. And the third component is neuroticism, which is a personality trait that is characterized by a general tendency toward negative emotions such as anxiety, mild depression, emotional instability, irritability, and low self-esteem. Subjective well-being is high when an individual is satisfied with their life, they are happy, and they experience low levels of neuroticism. Each of these components, as well as subjective well-being, is kind of like a grayscale. It's not that you have it or you don't. These components are not easy to measure or to point to. It's all subjective. And there are many factors that influence your perspective. We can break down the factors into two categories or two perspectives that feed into subjective well-being. One perspective is created by determining how satisfied you are with the different domains in your life. So this would be more external factors, such as relationships, jobs, income, etc. The other perspective is created by how you interpret and evaluate your experiences. So this could be more internal factors such as personality traits, mindset, beliefs. So let's start with the first perspective, looking at how satisfied you are with life based on the different domains in your life. These domains include areas such as your financial status, gender, experience discrimination, your level of attractiveness, and your environment. And there's other ones as well, but these are some of the main ones. Now, one of the biggest misconceptions about happiness is that money will make us happy. Everyone thinks if I just had a million dollars, all my problems would be solved. I'd be happy, I'd be stress-free, and life would just be perfect. 
And everyone thinks they're unique in this belief. And yeah, but for me, I know if I was a millionaire, I would be happy. However, I guarantee you can go ask anyone who is a millionaire if becoming a millionaire solved all their problems. And they will probably say it helped solve the money issues, but it didn't make them happy. The thing about happiness is it is sourced from so many different aspects of life that there's no one factor that can make you happy if you're ignoring all of the rest. And authentic happiness comes from who you are as a person, how you interpret your world, how you respond to your world, and the little things that you do each day that build over time. So while it is true, happiness does tend to increase slightly as your income increases. After you reach a certain level of income, those benefits are so small, they're basically non-existent. So the reason most people think that money will make them happy is because when you are lower income, each increase in income, no matter how small, makes an impact on your ability to survive. It can really be a life or death situation. If you think about it, if you were absolutely broke, you have zero dollars, you can't meet your basic needs to survive. You don't have food, you don't have a roof over your head, you don't have clothing on your back. So if you have zero dollars and you somehow get ten dollars, now you can eat something. That $10 really makes a difference in your life. And then when you start to make more and you make $10,000, you can now afford a place to live for a year and food. Again, this is going to take a huge stressor off of your shoulders. And of course, you're going to feel happier. But now say you make $50,000. You have a roof over your head. You have a car and you have plenty of food and clothes to wear. And then you make an extra $10 on top of that $50,000. Does that $10 have the same impact as when you went from $0 to $10? No, because compared to what you have, $10 isn't life or death anymore. So the more income you have, the less impact it has on your well-being because once you get to a point where all your basic needs are being met and you have a little bit of money left over for entertainment and savings to give you a sense of financial security, money no longer has much of an impact on your well-being or your happiness levels. The threshold where money basically stops making a difference used to be about $75,000. And now with inflation and the cost of living going up, it's now about a hundred thousand, a little bit over a hundred thousand dollars. And actually, once you get up to the point where all your basic needs are being met and you have extra income for savings or entertainment or just buying more expensive things, like instead of buying a base level car just to get you to and from, you're now buying a more expensive car because you like it. So once you get to that level, of money where you can just buy things because you can easily fall into adaptation and what's called the hedonic treadmill. So the more money you make, while it may bring happiness at first, you adapt to it. Humans are meant to adapt. We adapt to everything. So if you've ever made $50,000 and gotten a raise to $60,000, 
I'm sure right when you get it, it feels really good and you're excited that you got this raise. But after six months, you adapt to that amount of money. You start to spend more because you have more. And then you end up in the same situation. However, with all this being said, you choose how you interpret your life. You can live in the mindset of scarcity. There's not enough money. There's never enough money. And you could be a millionaire or a billionaire and still feeling like you need more money. There are millionaires and billionaires who continue to chase money day in and day out, never feeling like they have enough and they aren't happy because of it. But there are people who are viewed as poor, who feel like they do have enough. They have food on the table, they have a roof over their heads, they have clothes on their back, and they're happy with what they have. They're grateful for everything in life that they have. And if you ask them, some will tell you, I don't have a lot of money or things, but I'm rich. Because they have friends, they have family, they have things in their life that bring them meaning and purpose, and it makes their life fulfilling. It's really not about the money making you happy. It's about your mindset and the things you value in life. So while yes, money does help increase happiness and well-being incrementally when you are going from having nothing to having enough to meet your basic needs. But past that, it's really not important. And there are other factors that affect subjective well-being in the same category as income and career, but we aren't going to get into them because while they have the potential to affect your subjective well-being, it's important to remember that subjective well-being is your perception of your life. These factors may or may not exist in your life, but it's not whether or not they exist It's about how you interpret and respond to these factors. Some of these factors include gender, experience discrimination, your level of attractiveness, and the environment and climate you live in. For example, attractiveness. For women, it's been found to increase subjective well-being. But does that mean that if you're pretty, you automatically have high subjective well-being? No. Does it mean that you have to go get a ton of face fillers and plastic surgery to have high well-being or happiness? No. These factors, one, are such a small part of your happiness that even if you did increase your attractiveness, like your salary, you adapt to it, and it doesn't become a constant source of joy in life. Also, your mindset and how you interpret and respond to these factors really matters in making a huge difference in your well-being. So I don't want to get into these things too much and give you a false impression that they're the most important because they really aren't. And because I know there will be some of you listening who think, well, of course, your level of attractiveness or experience discrimination is going to have a huge impact on your lived experience and subjective well-being. I want to give you one last example of how your perception is stronger than reality. There was a study done where women were given a fake scar on their face using makeup, and they were shown the scar in the mirror before going to an interview, and then they were asked to describe how it went. 
they've reported back things like the interviewer was rude to them, they were mean to them, they felt judged. All these perceptions of being treated poorly because of the scar on their face. They felt they experienced discrimination and they really experienced being this victim. However, what they didn't know was right before they went into the interview, the makeup artist stopped them and asked to put a final touch on the scar. However, instead of fixing the scar, they secretly removed the scar at the last minute without the participant knowing. So any mistreatment they reported was truly just in their mind because they thought they had a scar on their face and they thought people would treat them differently because of it. And because they believed a certain way about how they would be treated because of this scar on their face, they looked for any sign that this person was judging them or mistreating them. But the scar wasn't even there. So any behavior that they attributed to that was truly just fabricated in their mind. We can choose to let our job, our financial situation, our gender, our level of attractiveness, our race, our sexual preference define us. Or we can choose to flourish despite those factors. We can choose to focus our attention inward, focusing on improving who we are as people and let our happiness build from within and radiate outwards. Because when you build authentic happiness from within, you will see it pour out into the world around you and all of these domains of your life will start to look different. One of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. He said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. When you build happiness from the inside, it's like turning a light on inside. It'll radiate outwards. Your happiness, like light, will illuminate your life, making you feel lighter and brighter. So over the next few weeks, we are going to focus on some of the internal factors that influence subjective well-being. I challenge you to take the topic each week and really reflect on your life and how each factor is currently influencing your subjective well-being. For this week, I challenge you to think about your subjective well-being. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best, Rank where you feel you fall on each of the following. Your happiness. How do you feel about yourself and your world? Life satisfaction. What is your global judgment about how your life is going compared to other possible outcomes? Are you 10 out of 10 satisfied with where you're at? And number three, neuroticism. This one can be a bit hard to answer, honestly, but you're answering it just to yourself. And remember, you have to be honest with yourself if you want to make a change in life. So again, neuroticism is a general tendency toward negative emotions, such as anxiety, mild depression, 
emotional instability, irritability, and low self-esteem. So rank yourself on each of the three components and reflect on each one. What is going well? What is not going so well? If you rank yourself a 5 out of 10, there must be a reason that you picked 5 instead of 3. What are those reasons? What was going so well that it was a 5 and not a 3? It's important to acknowledge what is not going well and what areas need improvement, but it's also important to acknowledge and celebrate what is going right and well. So take some time this week to think about these three components of subjective well-being. And next week, we are going to dive into how our mood can affect the way we interpret events and our life, and also how the way we interpret events and our life can affect our mood. We're going to be talking about our perceptions and our mindset and how all of this plays into subjective well-being. So I wish you well in your reflections this week. Until next time, take care. 